Hi, everyone. Welcome to Face to Face, a UC Davis podcast featuring students, staff, and faculty innovators. I'm your host, Chancellor Gary May. Stay tuned for my next guest. Hi, my name is Rachel Bay. I've been an assistant professor in the Department of Evolution and Ecology since 2018. My lab studies human-induced changes in our environment and how they alter evolutionary trajectories, particularly in marine systems. We use genomic sequences to understand how different organisms are adapted to different environments, and we try to predict how or whether populations might persist under future global change. We work on a number of different species in many locations from tropical coral reefs to local seagrass beds. I love working at UC Davis because of the collaborative culture. With so many terrific researchers across campus, it's been a really fun place to start up my lab. Welcome to Face to Face, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Your work seems really exciting. Um, one of the things that was left out of the intro that we just saw, though, was uh, something I want to let the audience know. Uh, you were uh, named among the brilliant 10 by Popular Science. 10, that's a pretty small number. That's impressive. <laughs> Um, this is a list of top up-and-coming minds in science from around the country. Congratulations on that. That's a pretty big deal, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hard to live up to that. Yeah. <laughs> and how did it feel when you found out? Uh, really surprising um, and also like a little bit embarrassing. Brilliant <laughs> is like a really big word, yeah. and all of the people I'm surrounded with every day are also brilliant, so it's a lot. <laughs> how does that work? Do you apply for this? Someone nominates you? Do you know how it happened? I didn't apply. Um, I just got contacted by the popular science reporter one day and they did sort of like a pre-interview and then made their selection and I got surprised. Wow, that's really great. That's great for you and great for UC Davis. Yeah. Um, so where does your passion for marine science come from? Yeah, so I always liked the ocean. Um, I was a very outdoorsy kid. I think I got into biology for the same reason a lot of us get into biology, because I liked being outdoors. I liked nature. Um, I actually grew up in Montana, so nowhere near the ocean. Um, and then when I was in middle school, I did one of those like educational outreach things in the Chesapeake Bay and just wanted to be in the ocean all the time. Oh, wow. So those outreach activities really do make That's a difference right, yeah. in people's lives, At right? least for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've done some really fascinating research with coral reefs and, and climate change. So um, what is your assessment of our best case and worst case scenarios about the future of coral reefs in, in, in the era of climate change? Yeah, that's really tricky. And I feel like my opinion changes every day. Um, I started researching coral reefs when I was a graduate student. And maybe I was uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. But when I started graduate school, I felt like a lot of optimism and that uh, the coral reef ecosystems were really resilient, and they would probably be fine. Um, now, I think that they need more help. I'm still not uh, sure that we won't see coral reefs. They might look really differently than they look in the future. I think corals as organisms have been around for millions of years and will continue to be around, but reefs will look really different um, depending on the actions we take. So my wife and I have been wanting to go to the Great Barrier Reef. So should we go soon? Yeah, that's tricky. So Great Barrier Reef is interesting because over the past five years, they saw a lot of mortality. Um, but there are some recent studies showing a lot of recruitment of new corals. So it's hard to say whether you want to go right now or wait a year. Okay, good to know, though. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so uh, working in your lab is a big opportunity for undergraduates, right? So tell me about uh, 
engaging undergraduates, how you get them uh, to want to work with you and work for you, and how they learn to solve real-world problems in your lab. Yeah, so there are a lot of different components to working in my lab. We do field work, we do lab work, um, but probably most of our time is spent doing computational work. Um, It's moderately easy to get undergrads working in the field and working in the lab. Um, The entry to those are pretty low, but what I found when I came to UC Davis was that there was a lot of interest among undergrads in doing some of that computational work. So analyzing genomes, understanding evolution at the genomic level, Um, but the learning curve is really high to do that. They need coding skills, they need um, analytical skills, Um, And so what we've done is start with these sort of mini classes to get the uh, undergraduates some basic skills before they start a research project. And that's worked really well for us. We've had multiple undergrads complete uh, genomics research projects and even go on to actually, we're just finishing up the first publication from an undergrad in my lab now, um, doing genomics research. So we're really excited about this model of getting students into genomics research. Yeah. And they're, we call them digital natives, right? They've been on computers forever since they were They are very good with their computers. They may not have necessarily learned how to program or or do some of those other things that you need them to do. Yeah. And one of the things that we find is that students that are maybe marine science students or ecology students aren't necessarily gravitating towards a computer science class even though they're good at using their computers. So having an intro to coding that's a little bit more friendly and biological and relevant helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, Some of those students are probably facing climate anxiety, right? We see that more and more in young people. Um, How do you balance the stress and anxiety that comes from what you find out in your research when you find out some negative things that are happening? And and how would you advise others to, to deal with that? Yeah, so I won't say that I don't have climate anxiety, because I do. Um, We see a lot of the effects of climate change, especially on coral reefs. Um, One of the things that helps for me is that what my lab researches isn't necessarily the documentation of decline in biodiversity. So that work is really important, and there are a lot of great people that do that, even on this campus here. But we tend to focus on the sort of smaller wins. So we study how organisms might adapt to climate change rather than how climate change might result in extinction or decline. And focusing on those small wins helps a little bit with the optimism. Gives you some optimism. I was about to say that. Yeah, that's right. That is good. Okay. Now, one of the things we do in face-to-face is called uh, the hot seat. Yes. This is where I ask you some very short, uh, well, questions that require very short answers, either one okay. word or one sentence answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, best place you've traveled for your research? American Samoa. Oh, interesting. Fantastic national park there. It's beautiful. Yeah? Nice beaches? Uh, yes, for sure. All right. I have to go there. Uh, if you could only take three things to a desert, uh, desert island, what would those three things be? Uh Zip ties, duct tape, and a sarong. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty practical choices. (laughs) Um, What famous scientist would you most like to meet, alive or dead? Um, That's a good one. Rosalind Franklin. Rosalind Franklin. Help me remember who that was. Image DNA, but didn't get the Nobel Prize. (laughs) That's right. Yes, yes. Uh Um, I'm told you have a preschooler. I do. I remember those days. What's the best place to entertain your preschooler on our campus? Oh, um, my lab, honestly. She loves harassing the urchins. (laughs) (laughs) 
She doesn't like playing with the turtles in the arboretum or anything like that? I, I mean, she can't pick them up <laughs> yeah. and like mess with them. Okay. So she's a very tactile child. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite question. I ask every guest this. What's at the top of your playlist right now? Well, I have a four-year-old, so anything from Frozen. Okay. <laughs> and you probably hear it over and over and over. On loop all day long. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, now it's your turn. You can ask me any question you would like. Yeah, so I've got maybe a tricky one. Um, the recent strike from academic workers, I think, is a really symptom of shifting attitudes nationally. How do you see that changing, how we do things at UC Davis and maybe more broadly? Yeah, that was. I do think it's a symptom of uh, national um, change and shift. I was reading an article just today about the, the power dynamic between professors and students mm-hmm. changing. You know, I would say with respect to the strike, first let's stipulate that we should be uh, paying our students a living wage, mm-hmm. right? Let's leave that as our foundation. Uh, I'm a little bit worried and, and sad that um, we may have changed – the relationship from the mentor-mentee to more of a supervisor-employee, which I don't think is a good direction. So I'm hoping we can do something to counter that because I think, you know, I remember my graduate student days. It wasn't that long ago, only 35 years. That, uh, (laughs) you know, I I really uh, uh, enjoyed the apprenticeship of being a graduate Mm -hmm. student and learning from my PI. And I I hope students still want that and, and get that. And we we don't want to uh, we don't want to diminish that by having this employee um, manager uh, dynamic. So that's where I am with it. Yeah, I agree. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, I have another question for you. Okay. So my husband is also a professor at UC Davis. Um, so our personal and professional lives tend to mix up quite a bit. Um, and I noticed that you and your wife, Lachelle, managed that um, mixing really well. Do you have any advice? So I have advice for your husband. And this is um, <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, this is how I always get the last word in our relationship. Um, the last words are yes, dear. Well, I'll make sure he watches this. <laughs> no, but seriously, I, you know, I think you have to just be in partnership and make room for each other and, um, you know, uh, be flexible and we laugh a lot. That helps. Um, and, uh, everybody, nobody is more important than the other in terms of career and, uh, that sort of thing. And that's, that's really what gets us through. Thanks. Yeah, sure. No more questions. I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you for being here on Face to Face. You've been a really delightful guest. Thanks so much for having me. I wish you all the success uh, with your work and and your career and your preschooler. And same for your, your husband. Thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in next time on Face to Face. Go Ags.